Hello, everyone. I am very, very excited tonight to be running a game of Candela Obscura, a Illuminated Worlds RPG by Darrington Press, which is a company within the Critical Role family of companies. I was invited to do some consulting work and a little bit of writing on Candela Obscura this summer, which was a great experience. Uh, and I had to not tell anybody that it happened until very, very recently. And so it's great that the reviews for the game have started to come in and folks are allowed to talk about it. And I got a uh, special dispensation from Darrington Press to go ahead and use like the full book material for the one shot that we're doing today. There had previously been a quick start guide that you can still get on the Darrington Press website. Candela Obscura is a game of investigative horror, and there have been two three-episode chapters of Candela Obscura on the Critical Role channel. And something that they've already shown is that there's a great breadth of what you can do with Candela. And so tonight I'm going to add a little bit of our own approach to another way that you can do Candela Obscura. But we will not be able to do that without the assistance of our uh, lovely guests who are going to join us today and round out our circle of investigators. And that is Valerie Valdez and Darcy Little Badger. And so starting with Valerie, I'm going to invite both of them to briefly uh, let anybody who is new here or might need a reminder know who you are and where they might find you on the internet after this thing. And then I will give a little bit more of intro on the world of Candela. So, Valerie. Hello, friends. I am Valerie Valdez. She, her pronouns. I am the author of the Chilling Effect trilogy and the space fantasy novel Where Peace is Lost. I also had the pleasure of authoring the most recent Magic the Gathering story for The Last Caverns of Ishlam, which uh, just started pre-release yesterday, I believe. And you can find me on the internet at ValerieValdez.com. I stream on Twitch most weeknights at The Kids Are Asleep. All right. And hi, Darcy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. I'm also a writer. My next book is actually dropping April 16th, which I just learned. I knew it was going to be spring 2024, but now we have a date. And yeah, you can find me on Twitch, author Little Badger, where I do mostly sci-fi gaming and also co-writing, uh, kind of writing sprint type things. And like in Instagram doctor period Little Badger. Uh, and if you hear snoring during the game, it's because this little this little gremlin is on my lap so i swear it's not me she's just been she's been sleeping and she sometimes snores <laughs> uh, so you have a there is a mascot for our circle of investigators today okay. what an honor okay so Candela Obscura is set in a world very much like our own, but it has its own history with some parallels to uh, events and histories in our world. The events of Candela Obscura take place in a city called New Fair, which is a part of the nation of Hale, which kind of is probably most closely paralleled to kind of Victorian through 1920s England. But there's some, you know, there's a bunch of different cultural influences, and we're going to play this setting as being pretty multicultural and not like closing off any opportunities here. The nation of Hale was under attack in a war that ended just a couple of years ago. So many of the people of Old Fair have kind of scars, literal, mental, and or metaphysical from that war. Part of the big thing that let the nation of Hale win is the uh, popularization and advancements in electricity. And in this world, magic has always been around, but for the most part, it has been kept secret. 
And so the supernatural, uh, whether that is monsters, ghosts, magic, secret histories, the even the existence of like an other dim- otherly world dimension that is separated by something that is known as the flare, all of that stuff is kept hidden in no small part due to the efforts of Candela Obscura, which is a uh, an ancient secret society that investigates supernatural phenomena, tries to contain them, and tries to protect humanity from the depredations of the supernatural. This is a setting where like supernatural stuff is just like universally dangerous, and you cannot mess with it without it leaving a really nasty mark on you. And so the people of Candela are dancing a little bit of a, um, they're dancing on a, a, a thin wire to try to understand enough to protect humanity without kind of succumbing to this otherworldly force known as bleed, which can kind of uh, warp the mind and body. So Candela Obscura is uh, a game with lead designers, Spencer Stark and Rowan Hall. And there's a bunch of folks at Darrington that uh, that worked on it. I made a little mark there. And then the full game is coming out on this Tuesday, November the 14th. And you can get it from the Darrington Press website. I got this copy because I was a contributor, but I will absolutely be ordering a copy of the uh, deluxe hardcover design with uh, cover design by the legendary John Harper. So that's some stuff about Candela Obscura. I worked with the players to make their characters ahead of time, but we'll take a little bit of time in the first few minutes here to talk some about how these characters know each other, and then I'm going to throw them directly into a scene. Everybody here has played a Forged in the Dark role-playing game, and that style is kind of the closest touchstone for Candela, um, because Candela is an illuminated world system, and there's a lot of parallels. So... Um, for my players. A lot of this is going to be pretty familiar, but I will try to guide you through the specific differences. Candela and Illuminated Worlds is a bit more streamlined because this game is designed for shorter campaigns. So we have um, four investigators, and we've talked a little bit about some relationships, but I think what makes sense now is to have everybody just give us a brief introduction to your investigator, their name, pronouns, what role and specialization they're using, and then you know maybe just a couple, three sentences about who they are, what their vibe is, maybe a little bit about their look. And if that is okay, I will ask uh, Greg or Brandon to start. Hello, everyone. I'm playing Ollie Fry, uh, pronouns any. Ollie is in the face role as the journalist specialty. And Ollie joined uh, Candela because they saw what goes bump in the night and wants people to go back to sleep as if it never happened. Because that shit is really scary and messes with your brain when you think about it all the time. So while I am personally very deeply motivated by knowing the truth and being able to share the truth, there comes a point in your life where you just realize there are some truths that your job is to ensure people never have to deal with ever again. That they could know it, and then their job is to never have to deal with it again. So I want to do that for other people as as much as possible. 
I am playing uh, Dr. Douglas Wilden, who is a professor. This is the scholar role, professor's the specialty. I teach at uh, Briar Bark College, which I believe is in Briar Green in uh, New Fair. Um, I am a, a tenured professor. And before chat starts looking at me and being like, have I hit this on the nose? Maybe. Maybe it's possible that Douglas Wilden is an amalgam of my own name and my father's, who is also a college professor. Maybe, or just maybe it happens to be that it just accidentally happened upon this particular thing. Dr. Wilden- Maybe you accidentally hit D instead of S on your keyboard. It could be. I mean, listen, sometimes you just slip and you just create a character that is. However, I'd like to point out to everybody that Dr. Wilden is considerably older than me. Okay, I want that to be very clear. Considerably older than me. I actually imagine it as being somewhere in like mid-60s. Dr. Wilden is the classic Amherst College style professor. If you can imagine a lot of tweed jackets, this is in look. If you can imagine tweed jackets and elbow patches and uh, cat, the um, what do they call it? The deer hunter cap in all seasons, including the summer for no reason at all, right? That sort of thing. But uh, the reason that I came to Candela is because actually of some stories that I worked with uh, with Ollie, because Ollie, as the journalist, is someone that often uh, spoke to me as an expert in the field of the unknown and the supernatural and the uncertain. I'm, a lot of my research is on the liminal spaces in between where we are and where the dead are. And so I uh, had a chance to get a lot of this information from Ali. And right about the time that Ali decided there's some things that people should not know because of this, I came to a similar conclusion in part because of the loss of a couple of students whom I had urged uh, to go and seek out um, the truth because I had, you know, this belief about what academia could do. And when they didn't survive and they didn't come back, I realized that there were limits to that approach. And that if I was going to actually teach students that I thought I had cared about for three decades, that I had better do what I could to actually keep them and their families alive. And so I turned my knowledge and attention to the battling of these supernatural forces while still maintaining the professoriate um, at the university. When I start actually speaking in the voice, it'll be much older than the voice that I'm using now. I will say that Dr. Wilden comes across very much as sort of a sort of a, a little bit of a blowhard, someone who speaks a lot using academic jargon and stuff like that. But much of that, especially lately, has been a cover. In any kind of combat situation, I'd ask you to think about Dorian Gray from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and give you that as a touchstone because um, he's actually not bad when it comes to those situations. Last point, I think I probably know both Valerie's character and Darcy's character. And I think it's conceivable that one or the other of them might have been a student of mine in the distant past, but that's up to them whether they want that to be the case. If not, totally fine. Regardless, I think I would have known them by reputation, if nothing else. That's me. Okay. Yeah, Darcy, if you want to tell us a little bit about your All character. All right. So my character is Jody Lamora, which is a name I did not randomly generate. <laughs> I might have. The surname, anyway. I like the name Jody. And... She's uh, started out as a, a, a mountain climber, cave explorer type individual who would lead little expeditions for people who, who weren't as experienced as her. And along the way, she encountered some very odd petroglyphs that turned out to be supernatural. And that kind of introduced her to this world of, of supernatural things and also made her interested in helping people explore these difficult to access spaces that might nevertheless contain dangerous or 
interesting supernatural anything artifacts petroglyphs organisms monster you know what, whatever the case may be um her main focus is getting people there safely and getting them back safely and so that's that's one way she she probably knows a lot of people just by being a guide in wild environments very great and last but not least valerie go ahead Hello, so uh, I am going to be playing Flora Tavira. She is uh, weird in many ways, um, and her specialization is the occultist. Uh, she's actually a stenographer, a typist. Uh, this is around when, in our world, uh, the typewriters would have become uh, more commonly used. And so um, she's she's part of that kind of movement. She Her vibe is a sort of frazzled disheveled secretary more or less think think kind of like the the suffragettes but also maybe a little mary poppins in there and for flora she's actually always been able to see things that aren't there she sees things like kind of lingering traces of very strong emotions auras spectral detritus but also monsters that are not visible to other people and so Mostly what she does see is auras. That's kind of the most common thing that she sees. And she, growing up in a very logical, reasonable family who doesn't believe in the supernatural, she has always learned to hide and suppress this. And uh, it was only when she ran into some Candela Obscura agents who were chasing after a monster. She did so because her brother was actually harmed by this monster. So she went kind of trying to find it, uh, met with the agents. They cross-reference more or less and realized what she was capable of and uh, that started her on the path towards working with them on a more regular basis but definitely her skill set is more observation reconnaissance definitely she is not skilled in anything more than the most basic of self-defense she's good at running away though <laughs> and hiding while other people are doing the ghost punching okay great so that is a little bit about our circle a lot of times when you do a campaign of Candela, you might have the, the circle be fully formed. Uh, I think in this case, we're going to say that this circle is newly formed and that there are some existing relationships, but they're not necessarily kind of old hands at all working together, if that works for everybody. I think if you want to have a, a you know a stronger individual relationship with someone, go ahead and pitch it. I think that works just fine. And we are going to open in a, a, a somewhat peculiar neighborhood within the city of New Fair, a place called South Soffit. And Old Fair is a place that people talk about. This is kind of an equivalent to like an ancient Greece, ancient Rome. There are ruins that remain of Old Fair. And one of the most famous that the people of New Fair might see on a given day is a huge arch. Uh, a broad archway that kind of depicts the the skeleton of the remains of an old building or set of buildings or perhaps some kind of like overpass. And the architecture here is stable enough that on the top of this great arch is a, a rich gated neighborhood known as the Eaves. But beneath that is South Soffit. And in South Soffit, there's a little bit of an inversion where the richest live on the ground level, where it's stable. And then there are three or four more layers, depending on how on how you count, of 
scaffolding and rickety bridges and uh, exposed electrical wires as people have found space that they can try to make a living in. And for many of them, this is the only place that they can go. And so South Soffit is interestingly juxtaposed right next to a rich neighborhood. But as you go up kind of into the this kind of contained roof of this great archway, you have the accumulation of smoke and smog. You have ever more dangerous kind of alleyways and pathways to travel around. But people live there. There are businesses. And people kind of come up and down within South Soffit freely. But getting up into the eaves, for that, you need papers. And we're going to join our um, our circle on the, not the lowest level, but the first of the elevated levels of South Soffit. Ollie, you have heard rumors through contacts and some reporting in local papers of three mysterious deaths in the last fortnight. All of South Soffit residents and all trace back to the Margin Pub and what you know to be the secret library of the pub's proprietor, Kaylee Zhang. And so not only is there a story here, but there's clearly something bigger happening. And which hat it is that you are, are wearing more or less in chasing that down, I leave to you. But this is clearly Candel Obscura business. And so you have the others with you. This first layer is pretty decently put together. The kind of steel and wood bridges tend to have like guardrails with them that are, you know, they're made of rope, it's, so it's not nothing. And there are messengers coming and going. And the Margin Pub has a surprisingly affordable wine selection. And then the owner, many people know, has a, a secret library of banned books. And uh, this library has kind of a tenuous legitimacy due to the um, relationship with Candela as an organization. Candela provides a little bit of kind of public cover in exchange for access to the library and a little bit of influence over how the library is used. So in this kind of first layer where things are dangerous but not necessarily too perilous, what do these investigators look like as they stand on what is effectively a street corner across the way from the Margin Pub? So I just came from work, from my quote-unquote day job at the uh, Daily Register, uh, which is the local newspaper. And that's more or less going to be my cover anyway, which is like why I didn't like, I'm probably not going to make a lot of noise about the fact that I'm um, an agent of Candela Obscura because that might make people feel like a bad thing is happening, that the rumors that they heard are true, and maybe they should be worried about their neighbors. And I'd like for that not to be the case. So I'm uh, wearing a newsboy cap, a tan shirt, khaki trousers with suspenders, brown loafers, trying to look like I'm trying to obviously draw the kind of attention someone draws when they want to be considered inconspicuous by people who have no idea what's going on, but specifically draw the attention of someone who's like, this person is here to ask me a question. I kind of want people to know that I'm a journalist in this moment. Okay. And do you think the other three are 
with you all in a pack? Are you going out ahead? I think I'm the kind of person that just kind of rushes into rooms and starts asking people's question, people questions, to be perfectly honest. So I think that we all got to this level together, and then no one noticed that I started picking up speed ahead of them and started walking towards the margin pub with the deliberate intention of, if this goes badly, at least I'll get in a bar fight by myself. So which of the three of you is the first to realize that Ollie has just gone off on their own? I'm going to say as the most observational person, otherwise it is probably me. And this is the flicker of a an emerald aura it just crosses the street. She's like, Ollie, Ollie, uh, hey, um, Ollie's, we, we should go. Go where exactly? Uh, the the pub isn't aren't we going to the pub i thought we were going well i thought we were going to the pub and you passed three of them already no but this is the i'm a little out of breath by the way and i'm just like (laughs) i thought this was why do you have to go down by going upstairs it's not physically logical to go down and up (sighs) Uh, you need help with this doug i could carry you no 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 it's fine (laughs) it's fine it's just a little extra work it can be done did you say carry me? Oh, yeah, on my back. That's an actual offer, by the way. I, I, I appreciate it, but I, it wouldn't be dignified for either one of us, I don't think. All right, I'm just going to be, I'll be, I'll be over there with all yeah, So Right, and I know it's like you're just sort of making your way across. Oh, right, yeah, across to the, across to the pub. Why is Dolly in such a all fired hurry? And I start, you know, to the extent I can, hurrying across um, in my... Shy in my shiny, uh, dark brown shoes. Click, yeah, click, and click. so the the kind of painted wooden sign that hangs above the door of the pub is a opened hardcover book, um, with just kind of indecipherable text to indicate yes, this is a book. It has text in it, but then in large block letters along kind of the outer margins of both sides, it says the, and then on the other side margin, and then at the bottom pub. Um, and we see Ollie pass under, un, underneath the sign and someone is like a little little wobbly coming out of the pub. Then the door almost swings its way into you, Ollie, but you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, as the door is still open, I just kind of slide behind this guy through the open door into the pub. And I go straight to the bar and I go, I'll take... A ginger ale. It's kind of too early in the day, I imagine. Yeah, and so kind of our our attention turns with with Ollie's order to the bartender and proprietress, who is a short, um, no nonsense woman. You know, in the in the movie of Candela Obscura that this is, or the you know the prestige TV miniseries. You know, uh, Kaylee's um, uh, look is that of someone from from East Asia. She has a thick ponytail, reading glasses, and like solidly muscled arms because one of the things that you must have as a bartender is the ability to do this cleaning glasses for approximately 12 hours a day. Um, And so between that and lifting big boxes of books, she has guns. Ollie, do you think you know Kaylee directly? I don't think so. All right. And so she looks up and says, "Uh, sure thing, hon. What brings you up? Uh, what brings you up this level today? Uh, well, firstly, I'm thirsty. 
Um, it's a good reason. But second, I heard some really fascinating things about this place. To be fair, not all of them not all of them seem to be one hundred percent good news, but I heard that three people met some kind of sour ends coming oh, out. You know, of here. we got a great wide wine selection, really the the jewel of South Soffit. Now, if you are a connoisseur, I can certainly take you to our uh, our private selection off in the side room uh, if you have any inquiries that you'd like to make about what we have available, uh, maybe as uh, something for your second drink or, you know, we also do some catering. I imagine we've arrived at this point. It, it, by the way, is it crowded in the pub? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of getting into late afternoon and so most Happy of like, the most of the first shift people yeah. have gotten off of work but this is the type of neighborhood where people are actively working all of the shifts so it's maybe not as busy as it might be down in like a university district gotcha okay mm-hmm. all right so when i so we come up alongside and i guess probably maybe just in time to hear the the secret uh or you know whatever the uh, other collection Oh, catering. That sounds promising, but we were hoping to have some drinks here. Have you you've spoken, Ollie, already to this fine person? Um, I'll have um. Let's see. Uh, and I kind of my eyes uh, narrow. Uh, I I start gesturing wildly to, <laughs> to Douglas. What? And I go. Yes, I'd love to see more of your uh secret selection. Um, perhaps we can come into your private cellar and see them for ourselves? Oh, private cellar, very good. <clears throat> uh, certainly. Hey, Vic, can you um, can you watch the bar? And then she kind of comes out from the side of the bar, pushes uh, a thing up so that she can walk through instead of having to duck under, and then pulls back a curtain, revealing a door, pulls out some keys, opens the door, kind of checks the, almost like sight lines, and then kind of steps back and and waves you in. There is a there's actually a second velvet curtain inside the door. And she says, uh, watch your step. Um, the stairs come quickly. I think I'm gonna comment to Flora how amusing it'd be if this is actually wine. I could go for a glass, I guess. Right. What so, time is it? It's like, like just it's gonna be looking out. Yeah. Look, it's hell it's so dreadfully early for wine. Uh but I guess this is the kind of place where people would treat themselves poorly in the middle of the afternoon, perhaps. Poorly? It's five o'clock somewhere. And I kind of like pat him on the pat him on the shoulder and, and look through. I sort of peer through the velvet curtain. I'm not going to go first. I'll let other people go first if they want. But I just sort of like peer through. Do I see like stairs like <laughs> precipitous, like ridiculous angle? Like I think it's like short slice stairs that do a 180 switchback almost immediately. Oh. Um, and the, the kind of the ceiling is, is fairly low, but there is a, it's not like a smooth railing, but there's like pipe and then an angle and then a pipe and then an angle. And that's all like bolted into the walls. So you do have a handrail that you can follow down. And so we can follow the four of you and Kaylee, um, as you go down, there is actual, there are some wine racks, but when you get to the bottom, it opens up into a, a really nicely appointed room with several layers of thick rugs, a couple of nice sitting chairs, and two walls of of wine and two walls of 
fairly interesting looking books, you know, lots of varied sizes and formats and colors and languages on the spines. Oh, I beeline for that. Like, um, you know, my, my head in its practiced way of many years is already tilting to read the spine this way, right? So you can uh -huh. actually see. Um, oh, fascinating. Oh, you need to be careful. It's humid down here, you know? So the, the door above closes and then there are quick but surprisingly nimble and not noisy steps following you down. Oh. Discretion is um, very much appreciated in this establishment because, well, if you know to ask, you probably know that if the periphery were to come around and know that I had this um, special selection, then we'd all be poorer for it. Fair. Uh, but then it should stand similarly to reason that when three people die or nearly die leaving your establishment people are going to ask questions anyway and they're going to do it kicking down doors that's a fair point and you are asking on behalf of candela obscura has a a, a pin or a symbol of some some yeah. kind uh, surely i take it out of my pocket very briefly and then slip it right back in i see well I suppose it's better that you're here than the periphery or the ascendancy. Uh, yeah. Take a seat. I'll actually open a bottle of wine. And I can't tell you a lot, but I can tell you that all three of them, all three of these people that died, two or three days before they passed were people noticed that they passed. They checked out a particular book from here. Checked Which book? Out. So amusingly, Professor, the book that you've sat down to read <laughs> is not that book. But when our attention returns to the shelf, the book that has kind of fallen because of spacing and, you know, kind of the bend of the, the shelf that has fallen there you can see in gold lettering along the spine, the dreamer awakens and Kaylee walks over, pulls the book out and sets it down on a table with her hand on the cover as if to keep someone from opening it. Kaylee, is this a new acquisition or is this the first time people have died reading it? I've had this for, I don't know, I probably picked it up in the war. Hmm. You know, some things, stock became a little bit more inconsistent but also freely available in that time as you might under as you might be able to imagine but no one has looked at it i i haven't even read it until two three weeks ago oh i see so i couldn't tell you why people got interested but i have to i have bills to pay and when people make requests and i can fulfill them i didn't i didn't know any of this was going to happen <laughs> can only imagine that somebody is um somebody wants this book and i didn't know that it was that value counterpoint at the moment when you had three statistics you should have let someone know well i don't have a lot of help you know i've got vic upstairs and i've got a, a girl in the back that does the dishes but it's mostly me and my previous attempts to reach out to candela for um maintenance of our professional relationship have been um, difficult. The last person wanted me to leave a message 
under a seashell out at sea's way and then to await a message to be delivered by pigeon to the highest level of south soffit so i hope you'll excuse me if i um wasn't able to get around to it that sounds like relis don't worry he's no longer with us instead he went over to that public college uh, I wouldn't beat yourself up about this. It sounds like they knew what they were getting into. Well, I, I, I couldn't tell you. You know, you're welcome to, to take a look at the book, but I don't know that it's a good idea for anybody. I will say that four people have checked it out. And the last one I haven't, uh, normally comes in around this time. I don't know. It's a Guthrie dance. Uh, used to be a, used to be a professor uh, over at uh, over at Briarbark, and you know, I was kind of turned to scribing work here. But if he comes in, then maybe you can get more information out of out of him than well, than out of a corpse, of course. Do I know this Guthrie dance, Mike? I would imagine that you'd probably at least heard of Guthrie's dismissal. Um, <laughs> Guthrie. Connect, uh, collected accounts from the recent war that connected to um, Old Fair and history and asserted at a um, symposium that the forces that brought down the old empire are returning as there have been sightings of familiar um, figures and folkloric creatures during the war, which of course all of the reputable scholars you know, associate with this emerging phenomenon that people talk about as shell shock. Whether you know Guthrie more, I leave up to you. As people are talking, I'm going to be examining the book without touching it. Sure. Uh, so, I would like to potentially either, and and this is as GM, you can recommend either focus or sense. I'm not sure which would be more appropriate, but yeah. I am attempting to sort of get a a psychic residue type vibe off of it to see if there's anything or if if there's anything sort of metaphysical about the book itself sure thing yeah so if you want metaphysical information sense is going to be the more appropriate action if you were to if you were opening the book and trying to like quickly glean its its contents or kind of vibe then you might use focus but i'm going to ask that you go ahead and roll sense here because there is going to be something for you to learn. I will tip my hat here. Uh, I will tip my hand. In a lot of Forge in the Dark games, the player says, I'm rolling this action. In Candela, generally, the GM informs the player of the action to use. I'm happy to kind of go in the middle where, you know, Valor made a couple of suggestions and I can give some guidance. Because you have a two in sense, you're going to be rolling two six-sided dice. You want at least one six. If you get multiple sixes, that's a critical success. A four or a five is your highest roll is a mixed success where you get what you want, but there's a consequence. And if your highest roll is um, no higher than three, that is just a miss and there will be a consequence. In Blades in the Dark and other games, you can spend stress. In this game, we have drives and the action sense is in the intuition drive. And you can spend one point of intuition to gain plus one die on a roll. Additionally, someone who is assisting you can say, this is how I'm going to help. They can spend one drive from that same category as the action and then grant the person who's acting plus one D. Would this be an appropriate time for me to use uh, my specialty skill, uh, extend your senses? 
Okay, so when you roll sense to understand more about a phenomenon you've encountered, also add a number of dice equal to your current intuition resistance to the roll. Because this is a one-shot, let's say yes, because more things being connected allows uh, everything to kind of be more resonant and stronger. So go ahead right. and add. And I presume I'll be able to use this skill again later. This is yes. not a one and done. So yeah. <laughs> so your re um, the resistance that's listed underneath the drive category, it, this, it doesn't work the same as other resistances in Force in the Dark games. When you spend a resistance, you can re-roll your, up to your action rating in dice. So if you were to say roll two dice and you got one and a three, you go, okay, I'm going to spend my intuition resistance and just re-roll those dice. You don't get to re-roll any dice that are come from drives or from assists, however. But you don't have to spend that for the re-roll until you've done your first roll. Mike, you want to mention the thing we talked about regarding yes. possible so, additions because of this the fundraiser? Because we are uh, into an actual play game, what I will say is that during the session, every donation of uh, $20 or more will give a free plus one to a roll for a character, and that that die that is given will be gilded. And if you use the gilded die or one of the gilded dice in your roll as your result, even if it's not the highest, you will get one drive point back from that action category. So that's the way you get drive back during a session. Yeah. And so since we've not spent any drive yet, then this is uh, not necessary yet, but right. yeah. But if you wanted to spend one of your drives yeah. to go up to three dice here, um, with three dice, your chances of getting at least one four are something about uh, something in the category of uh, 87%. Yeah. So I'm going to get one extra from Extend Your Senses. So I am right. at 3D6, uh, but I think 46 for a book <laughs> perusal, maybe well, we could find information on it other ways. So let's see how this roll goes for me. All right. So just in roll 20, you'll do forward slash roll 3D6. Okay. That so is that's a, a five, five, a one, and a one. <laughs> yeah. So you could use your intuition resistance here and re-roll two of those dice or just take the five. I'll just take the five. It's gonna okay. we'll see what the drawback is gonna be to this. Okay. So you what is it what does it look like or what does it feel like when you extend your senses in this way? So for her, I think that she it's sort of like if you're looking at a magic eye picture where you have to just slightly unfocus to be able to see uh, the things that aren't normally visible in, in our spectrum. And so she is uh, concentrating on the book and she is slipping into that sort of alternate form of vision. When she was younger, it was more natural and it happened more frequently. Now she has learned to control it better. And so it's something that she can summon at will. And uh, she is giving her careful regard to the book to see whether there are any sort of spectral flashes of strange colors, the sense of strong emotions coming off of it, lingering remnants of something from uh, what whoever has touched it before or whatever magical something might be coming off of it. Okay, yes. So on a five, you will get what you want, but there will be a consequence. And what you will immediately be able to sense is that Kaylee should not have her hand on this book. Thank you.